playing virtual theater. Join Zelda Dungeon's own Andy Spiteri, host of the Champions cast, and Gooey Fame, host of the Hyrule Compendium, as they dive into the world of video game movies. Reviews, thoughts, laughs, and more. A brand new podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. Listen to Virtual Theater, coming soon to SoundCloud. Everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri, and I'm joined by my good friend and special guest, Gooey Fame. What's going on, brother? Hey, not a whole lot. How's it going? Uh, couldn't be better. Sweet. And uh, of course, joining as he always does this week, Taylor Wells. And uh, Taylor, a lot of people are wondering if we're on speaking terms this week. Uh, how's it going, dude? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's always a question of whether we're on speaking terms, but I can definitely say that my my booty cheeks are still a little bit chapped from <laughs> resulting. They're explosion. probably still a little bit warm from last week. Yeah. Uh, um, if if you missed it, we had maybe uh, uh, our most explosive episode of the Champions Cast that we've ever recorded last week. Uh, that was, of course, Taylor explaining why the Wind Waker is just not. His favorite Zelda, and in fact, why it is his absolute least favorite Zelda. Um, so we we kind of went back and forth on some reasons. Uh, I tried to trap Taylor in uh, some tricky spots, and uh, he tried to slither out of them. So go back and give it a listen, and uh, you know, tell us tell us two sides you fall on there. Um, but before, and we've got a lot uh, we've got a lot of good stuff for you this week. But before we get into that, I guess that we should just spend a few minutes. Um, going over that show and just tying up some loose ends. Um, so I mean, Taylor, I I got a lot of feedback on that episode. <laughs> uh, how was the feedback that you got on your end? Uh, what were people saying? Um, I checked a lot of the different places that we ended up releasing this episode from Facebook to the site to um to to even some of the responses on Twitter, and. I it's it's about what I expected. I mean, I'm only trashing one of the most popular Zelda games released to date for a solid fifty minutes. So, uh, but I'm actually more surprised by the amount of people who kind of spoke up and and said their own their own negative opinion on Wind Waker. And um, I found a lot more of those on Facebook than I found anywhere else. But it was it was quite surprising. Um, that's fair. I mean, I think it's it's probably definitely fair to say that more people were uh, were kind of on the uh, go to hell side. <laughs> um, but I, I like, obviously we knew that was to be expected. Um, separating just some of the, I don't know how how else better to say it. Some of the troll comments that were just like Taylor sucks, is stupid, blah blah blah. Obviously that wasn't the case. Taylor had his reasons. Um, but I, I did find that there were some people that kind of took you to task. That had some uh, some pretty good reasonings behind them, just for some of the gameplay elements, stealth elements. But one thing that I did want to ask you in particular about Taylor, because once once I heard it, it made a lot of sense to me. And I'm and I'm gonna read you this particular quote from uh, from somebody at the site, and I and I just want your response to it, or you could just say no response to it, and just we'll call it a day. You know, rile them okay. up. But I, I want to get your take. <laughs> yeah, I I do want to get your take on this um, quote. Pretty convinced after listening to this week's podcast that most of this argument was less about the game Wind Waker and more about preserving the reputation of a controversial opinion. Ooh. End quote. Taylor, do you have a response to that? Um, I, I, I know exactly who said this, but <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that that was certainly not the intent. Um, I can see why why that comes across especially knowing who said it and the fact that a lot of a lot of conversations 
end up turning to this whenever I mention my dislike for for Wind Waker. But um, from from my side, it's it is a genuine dislike for the game, and it it's not coming out of like oh I want to be special and be this you know the one person that has this opinion. It's just it happens to be an opinion I have, and unfortunately, it also happens to be probably the least uh, popular opinion in Zelda Dungeon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that that might be up there with the least popular opinions. Um, I mean, I, I call soda pop and nobody likes that, but that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a close number two. Um, <laughs> now you, you took a lot of heat across social media, across, uh, discord from some of our colleagues, but I wasn't without heat as well. And in fact, I got, uh, just dumped on from our illustrious leader, Mossy Segopian, because uh, I, was, I was trying to nail you down about characters in uh, in The Wind Waker. I remember you were trying to say that you thought that the final boss of Phantom Hourglass was more memorable than Wind Waker, and uh, uh, you, you named the wrong final boss. I did. So, I, I mean, at the time, like... I, I named the final boss of Phantom Hourglass as Maladus when, of course, it is Bellum, actually. It is it is Bellum, but, and uh, Mossies was not very happy <laughs> with me that I did not call you on that. Yeah, and... Uh, and I, I, could, I could feel his rage from, from Snowy Calgary. You know, and, and whether you should have or not, I don't know, but uh, that, I, that was also, you know, uh, my bad. But I, at the time, <laughs> I remember also when we were having that conversation, like, we're, we're talking about, like, what we feel are some of the worst Zeldas ever. In my case, Wind Waker. In your case, you know, Spirit Tricks and Phantom Hourglass. And I tend to have kind of a similar opinion where Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tricks, Spirit Tracks, all fall in that same, like, lower bracket. So I kind of swapped the two in my head, and you know that it they're happens. just the DS Zeldas. Yeah, <laughs> the DS Zeldas. So I do okay. apologize. I will yeah. say as a follow-up to that, um, I do remember the fight of Bellum more, and like where you're traversing up and down the you know these several different floors, and you're trying to hit you know the different uh, tentacles of Bellum, then to to get all the eyes down, and then. Malice is a completely. And he takes over linebacker. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and I can't like see with Malice. I can't remember whether Malice like actually had a final fight or if it was just like the Phantom or the the Evil Train or Phantom Train. It's it's been a while since I've played Spirit Tracks. Uh, you know, I actually think that that's a pretty cool fight in Spirit Tracks. I give that game a lot of flack, but I like it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so you weren't the only one catching some heat. Uh, a couple of people out there, uh, I think one of the quotes was insufferable uh, regarding my consistent grilling <laughs> of you and screaming. And uh, I, you know, a couple of people said, hey, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> you hey. did not. You did say you were playing <laughs> devil's advocate, too, you know. So, right. I, I never took what, what you had going on too seriously. And, no, and neither did I, you know, I'm, I'm the one getting grilled here and, you know, you, you got to stick up for the game. That was your job. And I think you did, you know, a fair job of it. I thought, uh, I thought you stuck to like two topics a little too much, but Hey, other than that, like you, you fought for the game and, and I applaud you for that. Um, so yeah, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Uh, go, go listen to it and then come back and, uh, come to your own conclusions about, how full of shit Taylor is about the Wind Waker or how full of shit I am. I will also about, say uh, as a as a final note <laughs> yeah. for that conversation, like honestly guys, this w- this wasn't really me trying to change everybody's mind about the Wind Waker and say, Oh yeah, everybody should believe that the Wind Waker is the worst Zelda game ever. It it's just my opinion and there were uh, a bunch of our listeners who were who who were asking for kind of my explanation for why I felt that way and that that's all the episode was about. Wasn't trying to and make everyone feel like I was trying to ruin one of the best Zeldas ever for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up, actually, too, because uh, somebody commented on the title of our post, which was debating whether Wind Waker is uh, the worst Zelda game or not, which is kind of a salacious title. <laughs> um, and not typically the kind of, like, clickbaity title that we go for. It's just that we were literally 
debating if that was the worst Zelda ever or not. <laughs> so I just didn't know what else to call it. So uh, we don't want anyone out there that listens to the show thinking that we're about those cheap clicks like some <laughs> of those other podcasts out there because that ain't what we're about. We're now renaming um, but Andy what we are about. to Andy Clickbait Spiteri. <laughs> um, what we are about, though, is uh, is is having a outside perspective weigh in on this um and it's it's uh, a benefit to all of us that gooey is here gooey uh tell us tell us your thoughts on the wind waker where it stands for you as a zelda game without diving too far into you know the the discussion that we had last week where do you where do you fall on it because taylor obviously ranks it quite low and i i don't rake it a whole lot higher. Sure. It's maybe middle of the pack if I'm being generous, but just curious to know what your thoughts are. I actually, so I ranked it pretty low and me and Moss both did in our definitive ranking. And I can't remember who was like, we, I think it was like second to last. And I, I think that like a lot of our decisions were pretty mutual. So at the time, I think I was like a willing participant in the bashing of it. That was um, the greatest day of my life. <laughs> but uh, we just finished recording our last episode of the Warfare today, and I actually trashed it a lot in a lot of the videos, but then as, like, I sat with it and was thinking about it, um, it's actually Rosen, Risen, sorry, Risen in stock for me a little bit. Like, it's, I mean, it's still kind of in the middle for various reasons, but, um, there are things I appreciate a lot more about it, like, even that I can appreciate over like certain aspects of like Ocarina of Time, which is like one of my favorite games. So, um, you know, it has its highs and its lows. So real quick, could you like, explain? No, I, I definitely, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Could you like explain maybe s- just a quick, quick version of what your pros and cons are to Wind Waker? Cause Uh-oh. I know we talked a lot about sure. my, my pros and cons of it last week and I'm curious to see what yours are. Okay. Um, actually, so sort of touching on what you were talking about in the last one, when you're talking about like, it didn't bring a lot of new stuff to gameplay. Um, I, I was actually thinking more about it as we were finishing it up. Um, so like the dungeons in it, I was very negative about them because they are very linear. Like you're never going to be lost in a dungeon, but what I realized as I like thought back on some of the rooms and stuff we were in is that it allowed them to like, like introduce a puzzle idea and then like iterate on it in further in the dungeon. If you know what I'm saying, like first we teach you how to do this puzzle. And so I, then I was thinking like, okay, I think the dungeons have better puzzles than Ocarina of Time, if that makes sense. Ocarina of Time does the better job of the more traditional Zelda game where, like, the navigation is the puzzle, like, especially in, like, the Water Temple. But mm-hmm. Wind Waker had some really fun just, like, almost platforming and, like, item puzzles that I thought were better in the dungeons. Um actually didn't realize how much of, like, more of a platformer it is because you have... Well, first of all, you have... You can pick up items, uh, like, weapons... So I thought that was actually kind of a cool gameplay, um, like a, a new iteration or whatever, uh, uh, expanding upon the gameplay. You could pick up weapons, which you could use for torches, which is you could already do. But, you know, you could then throw them, and there were, like, puzzles based on that. There were puzzles based on, like, lighting the torches and throwing them, and, they got, you know, things got a little bit more advanced and all, you know, pretty novel, fun puzzles based around that. Then you had... Like, the grappling hook, which, you know, made you more mobile than, like, Link had ever been at that point, which you could use in combination with, like, the Deku Leaf. Uh, so, you know, you you could swing and then float, and then, you know, you, you have, like, the air tunnels and all this stuff, and you could also use the Deku Leaf to, like, blow items around, um, you know, stuff stuff like that. There's other items that you can use in, you know in combination with each other and makes for really fun, you know, puzzle ideas. But I thought that was something that was actually pretty interesting about it was it did a good job of, you know, advancing the puzzles in the dungeons and also like the items being used in fun combinations, you know? 
I'll totally give you that. And like I I I absolutely agree in that sense, especially cuz like a lot of those mechanics that you just mentioned, especially like blow, blowing things with the with the deck of leaf and and the large amount of mobility you have whether it's floating with the deck of leaf or using the grappling hook. It's kind of some of the things that were some of the more popular mechanics in Breath of the Wild and Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, actually. Let's um, give a shout out to that Deku Leaf too. That's kind of like the the grandfather of the paraglider. Yeah, yeah absolutely. it is sort of. Um, it do, It is kind of like the the Deku flower from Majora's Mask a little bit, but mm-hmm. by making it like an item, you know, you're limited as Deku Link. Like you can't really do much else. You can float, and then that's it. This it's like you could swing into a float. You know, into an attack. You know, you could kind of have a couple options or whatever. Sure. Uh, so you know I, what? Yeah. And a, and a lot of those things that you just brought up too. Um, I I want to give a special shout out to someone who commented on our po- podcast article on the website. Uh, I think his name is Corey R. And he he made a lot of these um these comparisons in, in terms of like the these minor changes that were made in in I was about to say Breath of the Wild, I meant Wind Waker. Um, that, you know, they they seem like small things, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things you can kind of see how they influence later later Zelda titles. And it's really unfortunate because I typed out a really um, thought out response that I was you know, able to do in, in written form, not so much maybe on a spoken podcast where I have to react quickly within a time limit. But uh, mm-hmm. it's too bad because Discus ate my comment, thought it was spam. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. That, really that is completely appropriate. Congrats. Excellent work, Discus. Excellent work. <laughs> um, okay, well, since, since you're kind of uh, actually talking up Wind Waker just a little bit here, Taylor, I actually, I, I wanted to bring up something that I'm surprised didn't come up, and it's pretty much the biggest reason that Wind Waker is a little bit lower on my uh, Zelda list, but that is the Triforce quest. Yeah. And just what a brick wall it is in terms of killing the momentum that the game has uh, kind of got yeah. going for it. Um, that's actually like with me, yeah, it's kind I, of my, what's holding down for me that Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword is like the beginning of the game of those games kind of throttles you a bit. Like you kind of have to do a bunch of stuff before you can get into like doing some real dungeons. And then the ends of all those games also has like attacked on ish thing at the end where it's like, Oh, <laughs> you know, like, I just want to go do the last dungeon. It's kind of why Breath of the I, Wild was so good. I don't get that in Skyward Sword, but uh, yeah, totally. You know, uh. just kind of dropped you in the middle of the world right from the get-go. You didn't have to do a whole lot of that beginning tutorial stuff that so many Zeldas beforehand made you go through or get get into the meat and potatoes, as it were. Yeah. You know, and I don't mind a tutorial at the beginning of a Zelda game. It's just like, it, that's fine. We'll get it out of the way. We'll, we'll do that, and then we can move on. But it, it just... Uh, Oh, man, it was—it was just such a momentum killer, and it's just. Well, I feel like in Twilight it, Princess it, it goes on it for like two or three hours. Well, it, yeah, it's Twilight pretty, Princess it's has long. just an egregious intro intro sequence. It's absolutely horrible. It takes you. If you didn't, if you had never played Twilight Princess before, I I bet you you'd be doing that opening sequence for two to three hours. I think, um, which is just insane. I don't want to go all over the place, but, like, I I think that definitely happens in Skyward Sword, too. Like, it takes oh, hours yeah. to get to the first dungeon. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I'm a big Skyward Sword apologist, but I can... I'll, I'll agree sure. with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think... I think that that's... I, maybe it's just me, but, like, I'm more forgiving of that when it's at the beginning of the game, because when you finally kind of lose your shackles, you're like, all right, sweet, now let's play Zelda, and... I think I was just so Wind absorbed. Waker kind of reins you back a bit on that. Yeah, I think I was just so absorbed in, in the new motion controls when I first played Skyward Sword that the fact that that whole segment took so long didn't really bother me at first. Whereas with Twilight Princess, again, as we've been talking about with Wind Waker and, you know, by extension Majora's Mask... Uh, it was just, it was so much like, yeah, we already got this. We've been playing the same game for seven years now or eight years now. We, we got the gist. We know the controls. We know the basic thing. It's a 3d Zelda title, you know, just, just let us get out there kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I have a story about Twilight Princess <laughs> okay. uh, when I was practicing it for the marathon. And I was uh, doing those I, I was playing through Twilight Princess in like the first for the first time in like maybe a year or two. And I slayed those goats, man. I rounded <laughs> them all up. I was great in my first practice run, but I forgot how to fish. Oh yeah. <laughs> I put my I put my rod in and I was just like oh no, what, what do I do? I can't remember at all. And so I was like I was you know figging and jigging my my rod around and using my Wii U bulky gamepad and I could not catch a fish for the life of me and like it, 24 minutes had passed and I was like oh my god, I got 20. I got a long ways to go and it took me I don't even want to see what the final time was because I think I blocked oh it from my memory, gosh. but I could not catch that fish. Uh, that's miserable, yeah. That didn't stop you from getting a decent time overall, though. <laughs> uh, my time wasn't very decent. <laughs> yeah, did you finish it in, like, 6th, though? Or 7th? Middle of the uh, pack. Gooey, do you recall? It wasn't great, but it wasn't the worst, I guess. I, I think... I think middle of the pack might be generous. You, there yeah, was like there's... the A tier crew, and then like there was like six of us or something that were just like the like, you know, the like jobber yeah. battle royal <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> you can think about we it were this there to way, put though. over the real stars. You were better than half the competition, and just you know worse than the best. Uh, uh, absolutely, well, I, I, I guess so. But I, I think that Gooey and Spencer both beat me. So I wasn't really that good. Yeah, but Spencer's <laughs> top okay. ten woods, so he's got skills. Yeah. Um, confirmation today, actually speaking of something that's way too soon in the future, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Gooey and I are going to be playing uh, Legend of Zelda NES Legend of Zelda at the marathon this year. Oh yeah, Ooh. we're going to be going head to head. So uh, yeah, we're set your set your clocks to that match. There will be a good crew for that. And I also, I think I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to announce too much about it, but I think there will be a fun thing attached to it. I, I could be wrong. We'll, but... we'll have a fun gimmick for it. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely be sharing more on that. Oh yeah. In a little bit. I'll definitely be um, watching. So that. Let's, uh, let's go through some Nintendo news. We seem to have got a lot of, uh, Nintendo and Zelda and inspired by Zelda news in the last couple of days. So I just want to go over some of it and uh, just kind of get your guys' two cents on it. Um, we'll start with the announcement of Darksiders War Mastered Edition coming to Nintendo Switch. Um, Sweet. And Darksiders is a series that uh, is obviously, you know, it, it's Zelda-like, but it's also kind of closely associated with Zelda Dungeon. Of course, of course. Uh, Darksiders Dungeon used to be uh, used to be a thing. Still might be a thing. I, I don't know. I mean, the website is up, but it hasn't been updated in years. We haven't stopped paying um, for it, but... <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to put out there, actually. So we've got Darksiders 1 that just came to Switch. Uh, if Darksiders 2 and Darksiders 3 come in, or come to Switch, I will get Mossies on here, and we will do a deep dive history into the Darksiders dungeon and Darksiders series, and we will talk all about it. Sweet. So, <laughs> uh, THQ, come on! They, uh, I was listening to um, the Giant Bomb, or Giant Bomb East Coast podcast, it's a pretty, you know, pretty popular gaming podcast, and they were looking up some Darksiders lore on it, and it got brought to Darksiders dungeon which uh, made my heart swell a little bit <laughs> with pride. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they did kind of make fun of uh, the website's existence, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> a reference is a reference nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. That, that has all the latest and greatest Darksiders uh, news on it. So if you need your fix, I, I bet you that you can. I mistakenly pulled up the Zelda Dungeon article about Darksiders instead of the Darksiders yeah. Dungeon. But, but you know Darksiders uh, yeah. is good PR. That's a good game, though. That Darksiders one is a pretty solid game, so that's good news. Um, you know, I Moss might might fire me about this, but uh, I wasn't enthralled with Darksiders one. I thought it was pretty good, but uh, I've just heard fantastic things about Darksiders two, which I I bought, but I've still yet to get to. So I, I like it a lot. Um, we have a we have a Hyrule compendium about that actually, uh, for, that we did for inspired by Zelda week or whatever. So um, it's good. I mean, it has its, it has its flaws, but if you like Zelda, it's pretty awesome. So um, yeah, kind of a, it's a, it's a nice mashup 
at least the first one in my eyes was a nice mashup between Zelda and more of a more of a God of War style game. Yeah. Um, or at least the first couple God of Wars. Um, I, I, so this guy is coming out April second. It's cool. uh, it's gonna be thirty bucks uh, in U.S. dollars. It's uh, it's releasing digitally and physically, which is kind of cool. Sweet. Um, and and check check this out. This is some of the features that the War Mastered Edition has. Apocalyptic power. <laughs> Unleash the wrath of war. This is from the press release. <laughs> Unleash the wrath of war, combining brutal attacks and supernatural abilities. Um, you have an epic quest. You can battle across wastelands, battle heaven and hell, battle against all who stand in your way from war-weary angelic forces to hell's hideous <laughs> demon hordes. So, I mean, that pretty much says all that you need to know about Darksiders that right there. That all happens. April 2nd, <laughs> you, should, you should check it out if, you're, uh, if you've been on the fence about it. Give it a go. Uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of it, but I also, I did have, I did enjoy it, so... Yeah, th- it's definitely worth uh, considering. Those are all like they're all like solid, but I yeah, none of them are like you know, they're not you're going to not going to write home about them, but they're very solid games. You know what it is? It's kind of like seeing Aquaman. Okay. <laughs> big big cheesy fun action movie and when you go in knowing that, you're going to have a great time and that's exactly <laughs> what Darksiders is. Yeah, don't go in expecting so. like another Ocarina of Time, but you know. I think yeah, sometimes you yeah, need that, not. though, like a, a nice calm break in between all your A-list titles, you know, just Definitely. have a nice oh, absolutely. steady title to play through. Yes. Absolutely. Um, well, here's an A-list title for you guys. Okay. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate just got an update, and mm. wouldn't you know it, Piranha Plant is in this game, and he kicks butt. That's what I've heard, yeah. Uh, Taylor, have you had a chance to it play as interesting. Plant? Like, a lot of people who, you know, play the game casually and really enjoy, you know, just smashing around with their friends and stuff like that are having the greatest time ever with this character. And then there's the pro side of things. And you know, there are a couple of pros who are like, oh, yeah, this character's really good. But, like, a good chunk of them are saying, mm, okay. <laughs> and it's really funny to just watch all these differing opinions and, and how um, okay, like, like the different analysis of it is. Jerry's still out on Piranha Plant. I well, I think until we start seeing him <laughs> in, in competitive play, like it's going to be hard to determine like where they where they sit amongst the professional players. Sure. Yeah, I haven't gotten uh, a chance. I, I had a good time schmucking around with them. Yeah, I'm sorry. Say it again, Andy. As I, I had a good time uh, just schmucking around with Piranha Plant. He was, oh, uh, he was a unique kind of a fighter. Uh, I I feel like I always have to apologize whenever I see something good about Incineroar or Piranha Plant because <laughs> I was complaining about them so much. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, he, he's fun. His final smash is a, is a nice throwback to uh, Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Um, sure. I haven't been for on a the free Smash. Update, yeah. Like, I haven't been playing much Smash lately, so I just, you know, haven't really dip, dove back in but yeah yeah but unlike with incineroar andy at least like most of everybody agreed with you in terms of like the how far out of left field piranha plant came from well i actually liked piranha plant more than i liked incineroar. <laughs> oh my gosh because at, at least like piranha plant was so absurd that it was kind of new and kind of fresh whereas incineroar was like another pokemon I just spit that word out right there, Pokemon. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I was, you know what I mean. I was defending Piranha Plant. Um, I I said like, oh, they always should have like a what the heck character. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't always just be like the cool, the cool. You know, it shouldn't always be your Clouds or your Simon Belmonts, like the cool video game characters. Like every game, I feel like they need at least one that's like a total goofball. And that was my defense, but then even people are like, well, there are better goofball characters to pick. And I'm like, all right, I guess there's nothing I can say to you. <laughs> Please give me Where toilet Where is hand. Waluigi? Oh, I would be down with that, but... Okay, I will say one <laughs> okay. thing. Like, there's nothing cuter and funnier than seeing Piranha Plant running around against Rathalos. Oh my gosh. I gotta see that, yeah. It's so good. Like, if you haven't played Classic Mode with Piranha Plant yet... Oof, it's so fun. Uh, careful, though. Apparently, there is a glitch 
in the game right now in where if you play piranha plant in a certain mode i don't remember whether it's classic mode or all or um world of light or something like that but you can corrupt your save file so if you google search uh piranha plant bug i'm sure you'll be able to find the exact details on that but do beware people you're out here saving everyone's game for them trying man yeah, you know job. i gotta Public do something right after <laughs> crapping on wind waker maybe, all of last episode <laughs> maybe google piranha plant bug smash so that you don't just get like random bugs and piranha plants like actually or or but, random uh, means of piranha plant eating bugs that is sage advice i actually i went through classic mode with him the day that he was released just to make sure that my spirit count went back up to perfect uh, of course no brag just facts it's perfect See, I don't, I don't even have no that. So, um, so speaking of Smash, uh, the sales numbers were also officially released, along with the updated sales figures for the Nintendo Switch and the Nintendo Switch's ten best-selling games. And these figures are just stupid. They are yeah. insane. Who would have ever thought, after the disaster, that was the Wii U? that Nintendo would come back like this. So I'm going to read them off to you guys. The Switch itself has sold 32 million consoles. To put that wow. into perspective, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, Taylor, that's about what the N64 sold in its entire lifetime. That could be so, correct number. I think I that's accurate, that. actually. It's it's either 32 or 34 million. Whatever it is, it's the Switch close. is going to crush it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the point of the matter so just, is this console is out, almost outselling one of the greatest consoles known to man. It's it's just insane right now. And looking at some of these games on here, I can't remember where I read it the other day, but there was an article about how the Nintendo Switch is performing well based off the strength of Nintendo games versus based off the strength of like kind of the gimmicky games that the Wii had, like... Um, like Wii Sports and Wii Fit and, and all that stuff. Like shovelware? I mean, well, not shovelware, but I think the term is blue ocean kind of uh, kind of stuff. They appeal to a very wide, very casual demographic. Um, whereas this is a console that is for Nintendo gamers, and they are, I mean, they're eating this stuff up. Like, look at this. As much as, I'm going to read you the top 10 best-selling games on the Nintendo Switch right now. Um I hate it pains me to say this and to start off with this, but number ten, Kirby Star Allies. Nice. That game is at two point four two million. If your crappy Kirby game can sell two point four million, like wow, that is crazy. Um, number nine, Mario Tennis Aces, two point five three million. That game is um, so number much eight. Fun. One two switch is at two point eight six million, <laughs> um, and then it it jumps up drastically and i also want to point out that these numbers are for they they stop on the 31st of december so they're probably even past that point right now super mario party released in october 5.3 million units sold splatoon 2 8.27 million units pokemon let's go eevee and let's go pikachu combined they've been released for like two months 10 million units Hmm. legend of zelda breath of the wild um 11.68 11.68 million units. That is far and away the best-selling Zelda title ever. Can we talk about I, how I mean, much crazy uh, Pokemon just outsold Zelda, though? Well, that yeah, yeah it, like is that is that that's not ridiculous? too surprising. I mean, I I still I'm one of those people who thinks I guess that Zelda is just as popular, if not more popular, than Pokemon. But then again, when I think about it, I guess you know. It's not necessarily the case. Ah, uh, yeah, I, we we all love Zelda here, I, but I mean, Nintendo's franchises in order definitely go Mario, Pokemon, and Zelda. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of Mario, he is all over the top three oh, best-selling sure. <laughs> games. So Super Smash Bros. <clears throat> released December seventh. Uh-huh. This list ended December thirty-first, or this uh, these figures end for December thirty-first. 12 million <laughs> units sold in a three-week time span for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. That is crazy. Wow. 
absolutely insane. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey, 13.76 million units. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 15 million. Can Nintendo do any wrong right now? Yeah, they're, I, that's nuts. Um, I I do want to say um, there there I think there is a small element of like not not like the whole blue ocean thing. Like I don't think anyone's like grandma is like seeing this like a commercial for this and is like pumped. Like my my grandparents probably played you know Wii Sports or whatever. But I think there is an element that the concept is so good that it, that it's like drawing in some people who are more of like fringe Nintendo fans. Maybe they're like kind of nostalgic about like, you know, Mario and stuff like that. Cause I, I have a plenty of friends who aren't huge gamers, but like, they were like texting me like, yo, I got a switch. It's so awesome. Like I got Zelda. It's the greatest game. And like, none of that, like that surprised me for a lot of them. So I think it is drawing in some people who are like on the fence about like how they want to spend their time play- if they want to play games or not, you know. There's also yeah, that no, I think you're totally right. Factor too, like I know quite a few friends who bought the Switch solely to be able to play Dark Souls on the plane. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's that goes to like I just think the premise of the council is so strong. Like you see that commercial for it where it's like. You, whatever they're playing at a rooftop party that probably never happened but you know you, where it's like you pull it out of your tv and it's instant and you're like mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you saw the Wii commercial and you're like does it is it really work like that you know can it really do that and this actually delivers better on the premise than like the Wii did <laughs> yeah and i know we got like mortal Kombat on the n64 back in the day but it's still blows my mind that we're getting Mortal Kombat 11 for the Switch and the fact that it's probably not going to be like the N64 and where all the you know blood is turned green or you know kind of censored it's going to be the full game and that's going to be crazy yeah um i think that maybe maybe best of all because i'm a big fan of indie games and is that the Switch is just a haven for those we've heard countless stories yes. about you know how you put an indie game on Switch and it does twice, five times, ten times the amount of sales that it did anywhere else, and it, it's kind of given that um, that market a shot in the arm, or those games a shot in the arm, just by being on the console. I think you're absolutely right. I think that the premise of the console itself is just so strong that it, it's it's pulling in tons of different people. But I think that Nintendo has also done just a really good job of making sure that they. Even if they got those fringe gamers, they they get them hooked on on the quality product and not yes. like the the they gimmick stuff them, that yeah. they're going to get tired of. Yeah, For yeah, sure. and, exactly. And I I wasn't saying that to like say you're wrong that it's like not also delivering as like for Nintendo fans because it 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 really is like some of the games we've gotten for the series they're in are like some of like i think mario odyssey is like the best mario at least the best 3d mario game i've ever played and you know breath of the wild is one of the top zelda games right i know that's controversial for some people but you know it's like it's really delivering with some of these games um and hopefully they do that with some of the other ones they're planning to release soon so absolutely uh yeah it's it's hard to argue with that uh, so we just brought up the Wii a couple times. Let's talk about the Wii here quickly, just for a quick second. Um, the Wii Shopping Channel is officially no more. Uh, it is shut down for good. And I know that some people are kind of bummed about that. Um, I, I'm a big believer. I buy all my stuff physically, if possible. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I do that. you guys have any fond memories of the Wii shop channel other than it's uh snazzy music did you guys ever uh buy any hidden gems from the uh from the WiiWare store or anything like that oh yeah uh first of all yeah the music is it's amazing i i hope that they that comes back somehow is that in super smash brothers it better be if it's not it has to be i, I think it is yeah but um i i i got a lot of you know classic games and some like surprising ones that I just bought on a whim. Not all of them worked out, but like, uh, you know, World of Goo. Did you ever play that game? Yes, yeah, that that's the game one. I was going to talk about. Yes, that was a great awesome. game. Awesome. Not just because it's my namesake, but 
It was uh, honestly what I was looking for. I remember specifically when I bought it because I also um, bought uh, Resident Evil 4 for like, at that point it was maybe only the second time, but the second of like five times. And I needed like a chill game to play in combination with that. And that was a game where I could sit in my bed and you just point at the screen with the Wii remote and, you know, you do the little physics puzzles with the goo balls and you could just like zone out and chill and it that it was so good. So much I, love to those goo balls. I got <laughs> Shout a quick question. The, <laughs> yeah. the the Wii shopping channel is different from the eShop, right? Uh it it was kind of the same thing. You had your virtual title or your virtual console from the from there and then you had like those WiiWare games. Um World of Goo is what comes to mind to me immediately i didn't buy like a lot of wii games um anybody that's listened to our episode about our top 10 wii games know that i kind of struggled to actually put 10 (laughs) together but um yeah you could you could buy like apps and stuff like that i'm pretty sure there's a pretty cool dr mario game on there um yep Um, there was there was a rockin weather app so i can still buy wii u games on my wii u right digitally no i don't i don't think you can okay cool then that brings me to my point um this actually really really saddens me and we're gonna loop this conversation back to what we started with um i'm actually super super sad because so far like a lot of people have been commenting especially in the past couple of days about how uh wind waker hd fixes, and and you mentioned this too andy in in the actual debate and where wind waker hd fixes uh quite a few of the problems i had with uh with wind waker including the Triforce quest, which unfortunately uh, we just didn't really have a whole lot of time to cover in detail. So um, that makes me really sad that I won't, at least digitally, be able to get my hands on a copy of Wind Waker HD because uh, over the past couple of days I was actually quite convinced that I needed to play Wind Waker HD at least once to see if it would change my opinion of uh, Wind Waker at all. Uh, well, my friend, I have some good news for you. That game is on Wii U and not the Wii, so you can still go ahead and do that. Well, that's what I was just <laughs> asking, is if I, if oh. I could get Wii U titles on the, had, on the Wii U we, digitally still. Oh, we had some cross wires here. No, it's... Okay. Oh, yeah. No. You're, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just the it's the OG Wii channel. That okay. Is, uh, okay. Well, then down. I'm not sad at I, all. <laughs> you, sh- you should replay it, though. I, I'd be curious of, like, you know your your thoughts but i, I would be oh, curious about that get, too can you get Wind and Waker i think our listeners original? would definitely like a follow-up show on it wait can you get original wind waker on uh or through the wii channel when it was still active no it's on no. wii u i know i know that the hd oh. version is i was talking about the original oh. version of wind waker nope nope they didn't have uh, no you, you don't yeah you can't do uh digital titles you could pop that gamecube disc in there though Mm-mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, that's that's how I play Skies of Arcadia still. Yeah, that GameCube disc Shout I out. never owned. Um, Shout out to Skies of Arcadia. You mentioned Doctor Mario. I I've kind of a funny story. Like my parents got a Wii eventually because they played Doctor Mario on my Wii, and that was kind of nostalgic for them. So they got a Wii so they could play Doctor Mario and like Wii Sports probably too. And then like whatever happened, like the some pow- power power issue like the Wii got bricked and they couldn't get it I don't know if they couldn't get it fixed or whatever but they bought another one and then it happened again (laughs) and then they bought a third Wii U I believe they told me this recently I didn't know they had bought three and I and it happened again and I was like I don't know what's what is wrong here with your house but like there's also other ways to play Dr. Mario (laughs) So that's a I think I think the doctor just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's like the universe Um, telling you you should not be playing this game. (laughs) They love Doctor. I'll tell you where you should be playing Doctor Mario. Yes, (laughs) and that's on your phone. Yeah, I'm killing it with these segues, eh? Um, Doctor Mario World announced today as coming in the summer of 2019, alongside Mario Kart Tour, the mobile Mario Kart game also coming in summer 2019. It was coming in the spring, but got a little bit of a delay. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool announcement from Nintendo. I think that 
Dr. Mario isn't the first game that I thought of for the mobile uh, platform, but it just it makes a ton of sense. It's a quick game that you can play on the go. It's perfect. Um, it's going to yeah. be free to play. I think it's going to be perfect. And I can't wait to tell my parents about that <laughs> so they can stop trying to buy Wii's. <laughs> As their cell phones explode every time they try and play it. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect um, like puzzle game um, for for phones. Like, yeah, yeah that's obvious. I'm that's just great. trying to picture I, your yeah, grandparents I, working a smartphone. <laughs> I, I had never even thought of Dr. Mario on uh, on phones before. And it just it seems so obvious now. And I don't know. I, I saw that and I was just like, huh. That feels like Nintendo. such an Somebody there is thinking. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you're the guy, so, like, painting the mobile world right now for Nintendo. I, saying, I know, hey, right? Get Stranger Things, get Link's Awakening <laughs> on your phone. <laughs> Well, you know, you know what's weird too is when Nintendo first announced way back when that they were going to do this whole uh, mobile gaming experiment, I was just like, "Oh, great! The perfect title to launch with would be WarioWare." Yeah, and I was, I was convinced that that would be like the first game that they had because it's such, it lends itself so well to uh, to being an on the go, quick to play phone game. Like, because that's what it basically feels like. It's just a phone game, and the fact that we still have not seen that but we got that metopia thing yeah seems weird to me i don't know i'm i'm sure that will happen one day i feel like that's such a good idea like it'll happen yeah I, i'm sure i it's just it makes too much sense for it not to at least i hope so, so. yeah uh, okay i want to talk about some games that just came out some major releases that just came out on other platforms and how they can inspire us to talk about Zelda in the same breath, if you will. So the first game that uh, that came out not too recently uh, was Resident Evil 2, the remake, which just looks absolutely killer, no pun intended. Um, Taylor, I don't know if you've played it at all. Goo, I know that you have. Yes. I haven't had a chance yet. Uh, you really dug it, right? Yes, I, I love it. It's like... Um... Be, it's certainly one of my favorite Resident Evil games I've played, and yeah. it's it's like close to being you know one of my favorite video games I've ever played. So I love it. I think it did a really good job of not just um, kind of revisualizing, you know, a, a gamer's classic. Really, is what it is. Like the whole Resident Evil franchise to begin with, but especially RE One and RE Two. It it also it it does what a remake is really intended to do, and that's to Im- not just improve upon the game, but also add in new stuff. And I think that the new stuff that they add in is is done really really well, and in a way that doesn't kind of ruin the original experience that you're intended to have with the game and that we got from the game when it ca- originally came out. So yeah, I, I'm loving it so far. I haven't beaten it yet. But I'm working my way through it slowly. My work schedule's kind of a pain, but it's so fun, and I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah, there's, like, nothing <sighs> in it that I felt like this is BS, you know? Like, part of the part of the thing of Resident Evil is that, like, the game works against you, and it still mm-hmm. does that, but the stuff that it does choose to do in this, I feel like is is good i guess if that makes any sense and the stuff that it chose to like do away with was like objectively bad so it all makes sense yeah absolutely i just have i have a disgusting amount of games in my gaming backlog to get to so i was like ah i could probably wait on this i found myself playing i don't want to wait any longer you should yeah with all the time that we just don't have like i've i found myself the same way but instead so what i'm doing now instead is like instead of beating games i'm just you know playing them as much as i can and then when the next game comes out i'm just playing the next one so i ask about resident evil 2 because i want to turn this back around to zelda and pose the question of which zelda game needs the resident evil 2 remake and I, I think the obvious answer is probably Link's Reawakening, because that's kind of on the tip of everybody's tongue. Yeah. But I actually propose that Adventure of Link could use this uh, this coat of paint, if you will. Um, just to... Because one thing that Resident Evil 2 Remake did is kind of, you know, brush up on some of those clunky controls, give some quality of life improvements, 
And I think you do that for Adventure of Link, and it's a whole different game. Yeah. Yeah, that I can see that. Like, take take what is cool about that game and highlight that and kind of get rid of, yeah, do the quality of life thing. I, I would the agree only, with you. The only problem I see with that, like, I would love to see it, but I feel like because of, like, the difference in timing, like, we're talking about a game that came out in 87, if I remember correctly, or 89. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is this is a game that is so far apart from the modern standard that if you were to do away with a lot of things that didn't work, you would be left with a game that is very, very bare bones. And so at that point, if you add in a whole bunch of stuff, it's no longer Adventure of Link, it's Zelda 19. You know what I mean? I, I sort of see what you're saying, but I think, um, like I I think you could keep the essence of it while making those improvements. Um, I I think Adventure of Link really needs a better checkpoint system for sure. Oh yeah. Um, maybe a little bit smoother transition from the kind of open world to the 2D side scrolling. I think I I think that you play it now and it's a little bit jarring when you step into something and in one second you're on the overworld and the next second mm-hmm. you're um, side scrolling. Th- those are, those are things that come to mind immediately for me that if they were to improve upon that and obviously give it a graphical, you know, makeover, but if they were to improve upon that, I think that it would just go a long way towards improving the overall experience. Yeah. I think if you, obviously it, it would just feel like a different game at some point, but if you kept like um, the dungeon navigation the same, for example, like I think that would like that alone to me is just like what makes the game so fun is like navigating it in like a 2D side scrolling way and, you know, still having like somewhat traditional Zelda dungeons or temples in this case. I guess shout I just, out to Zelda dungeon. Yeah, right. I guess I just feel. Um, that it'd be so, like, what Resident Evil 2 does right is that it still feels like Resident Evil 2. If you play yeah. it back in the day and now and then you play the remake, like, it doesn't lose any of that feeling that you had with the original. It just does away with all the unnecessary bits and then adds in some fun new things. And I think, like, with Adventure of Link, it's going to be really, really, really hard to well, replicate that success. Well then, yeah. I mean, almost the premise of it is something that it it wouldn't realistically happen because, like, the reason this did get that sort of treatment is because it's it's so beloved. You know, it's kind of like how mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time got a remake treatment. It's like they don't just do that for like any old game, right? Yeah, I don't know that there's a lot of fans clamoring for <laughs> Adventure of Link reawakening or something, whatever. Uh, so Taylor, so you're you're not for Adventure of Link. What do you, if you could give that Resident Evil two treatment to a game, um, what would it be? So don't get me wrong, I would love to see Adventure of Link done that way, but I just don't think it's feasible. Um, so, you know, you know, I've said this a million times on the previous episodes of the show. Is like I would really, really love uh, Link's Awakening redone, but I will also say that uh recently i've been looking a lot through the um through the unreal engine ocarina of time kind of like renov i don't know if renovation is the right word but basically for those of you who don't know which can't imagine as much of you uh there's a modder out there who has access to the unreal engine 4 and has basically been uh porting ocarina of time like specific locations and areas of ocarina of time and recreating it in unreal engine 4 and it looks incredible and granted like some of the animations and things like that aren't as polished as they could be but then again this is one guy doing all this and when you look at it through that framework it's it's so crazy and i would absolutely love to see Nintendo or somebody or somebody just like get full permission or full rights to be able to bring that to like full fruition because that would be 
like my the dream come true because I've always I've always wanted Ocarina of Time or or uh, Majora's Mask like in a PS4 version or like a, a Xbox One version and where it has that same kind of graphical fidelity or graphical style and you know obvi- obviously Nintendo has their very specific theme and their very specific aesthetics that they like to go with um, and no fault to them they come up with some beautiful stuff but. You know, there, there's always been that one part of me that's always wanted to see that. Nice. Um, speaking of one guy doing something, shout out to the artist. Uh, I believe his name is is Raj. Um, can't remember his last name. I'm sorry. He is a uh, uh, artist on the God of War team, and he's been drawing all the Super Smash Bros. characters in uh, kind of a hyper-realistic style. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Uh, shout out to that guy. If you haven't, you should check out his Instagram and... Uh, look at some of those artworks there's like a realistic kirby which is kind of freaky um and there's some other good stuff in there too so another big game that just came out after what seems like 27 years is kingdom hearts 3 and uh, a lot of people are very excited about that i'm really happy for those people that are excited about that um i'll probably pick that up too eventually i i was pretty into kingdom hearts 1 and 2 back in the day for anybody that doesn't know the premise of Kingdom Hearts is that the main protagonist, Sora, goes and travels to a bunch of different miniature worlds based on Disney levels. So you'd go to your Aladdin world, then your Tarzan world, then your Hercules world, etc., etc. So I pose to you this question, and we'll kind of we'll end on this because we're going a little bit long here. Super Smash Bros. Slash Kingdom Hearts. Sora is in a game and he can go to a couple different nintendo worlds which worlds are you picking and why let's start with the obvious one and go zelda so a specific zelda world yeah i I think like so obviously you know all three of us are going to say like that would be pretty badass if sora got to travel to hyrule somewhere so just for the sake of this, I think let's let's narrow this down a little bit and pick a particular uh, a particular section of Hyrule or a Hyrule from a particular game or anything like that, um, and then we'll move on to some other Nintendo series in our Smash Bros. slash Kingdom Hearts crossover here. Um, what kind of what what kind of Hyrule would you want to see Sora, Donald, and Goofy explore? Uh, it'd be cool to see like. Um you know, going to like Hyrule Castle or something like that, you know, going there and meeting all the major characters. Cause that's kind of what they do is they, they touch on like the big, the big characters and the big moments from the series. So, you know, Hyrule Castle from like, you could do like an amalgamation, like a breath of the wild Hyrule Castle, but not all wrecked or whatever. Interesting. My first instinct would be to say, uh, It'd be really cool to see Sora go to Hytopia because that's kind of like already in the wheelhouse of Kingdom Hearts and, and Disney and all that stuff. So it kind of makes sense for Sora to go there. But um, I think truly I, I would love to see Sora go to uh, the Dark World in A Link to the Past. I think that would be really, really interesting to see kind of like how uh, how he would interact uh, on that level and see, you know, maybe is there is there a way for Sora to kind of rescue the Dark World outside of, you know, Link defeating Ganon and, you know, or or a wish on the Triforce? Like, how, how would Sora be able to save uh, Hyrule in the Dark World? I'd be down for that. Um, I was thinking maybe just a kind of a generic dungeon transport Sora to a dungeon or something like that and have the entire Legend of Zelda world be based in that dungeon and have it kind of an amalgamation between your typical Kingdom Hearts combat, but you could also do some some puzzles and stuff in Zelda um, and and kind of explore the, uh, the duality of that and kind of get that Zelda flavor because um, Kingdom Hearts isn't necessarily known for its puzzles or anything like that. Um, but it might be cool if they kind of integrated that a little bit. And obviously there's a plethora and a wealth of you know Zelda Dungeons. Shout out to Zelda Dungeon that you could uh, that you could choose. So I think that'd be pretty cool. I think you could uh, um, combine our three ideas, and there's the storyline. You go there, you go to the castle, you meet Link and Zelda. Ganondorf shows up, 
you go to the dark world, you go to a dungeon. There's there's that storyline for that section of the game. We did it. Oh, that's good <laughs> shit right there. That's good like stuff. It. Let us write this. Um, so I, <laughs> I want to I throw out... Uh, everybody can probably see this coming. But I want to throw out... I would want to see them go to a Metroid world. Yeah. Send them to Brinstar. You know, get them in with all those aliens and stuff. Sora and the crew could have their their cool little power suit uh, get-ups on. That's one of my favorite things when you go to a different worlds in Kingdom Hearts is you get the different costumes and stuff. How cool would that be? That's, Can we yeah. see Sora versus Ridley? Is that like WrestleMania 80,000? Oh, man, <laughs> that would be so good. Keyblade versus Dragon Warrior. Dragon? Oh, tight. <laughs> Not this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to bring it up. <laughs> there are like... There are like... So so many you could do that would be awesome. Like, it'd be cool to see. Like, I saw in a video of when they go to, like, the Toy Story world in the new one uh, that they look like toys. So, like, it'd be cool. Like, you know, you go to the Yoshi world and they look like the, the yarn and craft characters or whatever. And then I was going to say they're big dinosaurs. <laughs> they go to the Yoshi world and they all have saddles on their back. Um, but, you know, like they go, they could go to like that. Animal Crossing, and then they all look like weird little freaks, and um, yeah, you could just go to, like, the different worlds and see how, like, the characters look and stuff like that. That would be pretty fun. What would Sora look like? Alright, Taylor, where are you sending this guy? Where would Sora Sora look like, though, if he, if his arm was infused with Phazon energy? Uh, He'd he'd look badass for the first time in his life. It's probably fan art. (laughs) First time. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Hey-o. <laughs> well, you know, you know who they should, they could actually make this with, um, uh, Captain N, the game master, that old Nintendo cartoon show where he would. Oh my God. That is perfect. There we go. You were, <laughs> man, that, that was such, that was such a reference. Holy crap. Um, yeah. Cause... Uh, I, I don't know what we got cooking in this kitchen, but it smells good. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo. Where, what are you doing? Listen to this podcast. We got some stellar ideas for you. Well, yeah, but Taylor, where where would you want to go? Um, that's a good question. Can I say Mortal Kombat since it's coming to the Switch? No, no, no Mortal Kombat. Darn, oh, you got to have a Mario Kart racing level. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. I don't. Sorry, um, I don't want to keep taking ideas. <laughs> no, no problem. Um. I kind of want to see uh, Sora go to the Donkey Kong world. Oh, I yeah. I really want to see a Kong death match between so- yeah, <laughs> death match between Sora and King K. Rool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be pretty awesome. You know what I think would be a great fit, actually, is, is Sora in the Earthbound world. Oh, oh yeah. That would be crazy. Or God, oh, you- that would be awesome. Sora versus Porky? How yeah. great would that be? Literally any world is just, it just, uh, there's not a game that I really wouldn't want to go to to be honest but kirby yeah i knew you kirby. would say that but kirby <laughs> but that would happen for sure um i know oh, can you imagine Sora... exploring luigi's mansion yeah. oh man that'd be good oh yeah <laughs> there's too many so basically the moral of this story is is that we really need this uh super smash bros slash kingdom hearts crossover because i mean where where's there left in the in the Disney universe for them to even go. I guess Star Wars and Marvel. Actually, there's a lot of places left for them to go. But whatever, we want the Nintendo version. <laughs> Absolutely. So go ahead and uh, and make that. Um, so we, I, I think that's going to do it for us then this week. Uh, we're kind of a kind of a hodgepodge of different topics, but uh, we covered a lot of uh, different ground, and it's sometimes it's nice just to sit back, kick your feet up, and report the news and give your take on it. So. Uh, it was a, it was a nice little, nice little break. Nice little show. What do you guys think? Yeah, it was a lot of fun just chatting about I always, whatever. Yeah. I always enjoy these, these conversations where you kind of just get into the nitty gritty of, you know, just the smaller stuff and just have a nice conversation about what else is going on. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, we hope that you guys had a nice time listening to this nice conversation. Uh, definitely make sure that you head over to Podbean, head over to iTunes uh, drop us a five-star review. That would be pretty cool. Uh, leave us a comment, subscribe, like, all that jazz. Uh, we really appreciate it. Make sure you head over to Twitter, follow us. I am at Spateri316. 
Taylor is at gif underscore bluehawk. Gooey is at gooey fame. And uh, that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen. And to all the listeners, we will see you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>